0: What's going on, everybody? You are with the Cardboard Coaches. You've got Coach Co here. And I am always the cartel. Always the cartel. I love hearing that. So we've got some pretty fun stuff happening in the hobby, as always, but I feel like last weekend, or last week in general, was uh, pretty entertaining. let's talk a little bit about the fact that uh, we've got our first hockey card eclipsing a million dollars. It's a Gretzky PSA 10. How do we feel about this for the hobby? How do we feel like, like, is this undervalued? Is there room on this card as someone who's been in the hobby for longer than time itself? What do you think? I'm working on
1: that. I'm working on that old grizzled veteran look. Yeah, man. Sticking with the mustache. Yeah, like, you yeah.
0: gotta, you know.
1: All right, okay, listen, you yeah. make gotta make it work. Uh, there's a lot of different types of facial hair out there now. I'm going, like I said, for the old homeless man. I'm working on that. A lot of people are during lockdown.
0: Yeah.
1: Pretty easy uh, thing to work on. Um, We're talking about an extremely iconic card that, obviously, if you are a collector of hockey cards, you are looking for a Wayne Gretzky 1979, 1980 OPG rookie card, OPG being the Canadian brand that Pops uh, was delivering at the time and obviously being a Canadian brand and it being a Canadian sport of a Canadian icon, the OPG card is the most iconic, it's a condition sensitive card, it's certainly not a rare card, I don't think anyone's ever referred to it as such because they certainly uh, you know, didn't shy away from letting the presses run uh, back in the late 70s, 80s, early OPG product is was fairly abundant. Um, same same thing with the 86, 87 Fleer Jordan. It's not that it's inherently a rare card, but it is certainly tough to find in good shape. Um, that is why higher grades have always been valued. And it's no surprise that that is the card that has eclipsed the million dollar mark and caused some activity in the market now. But That being said, uh, you ask me, does it make sense? Is it overvalued? Is it undervalued? I'm not gonna pretend to be one of these pundits who are sitting here with the official word on this because what's happening right now in a lot of ways is unprecedented. Not not unexpected, but certainly unprecedented. Uh, Everything that's happened since the lockdown to me is like we're operating in a, just kind of a very unique marketplace that we haven't seen before. So whether or not this is a ceiling on a card like that, I'm not entirely sure. I wouldn't be surprised if this is just kind of the beginning of things. But uh, certainly, there's a reason why we haven't seen these numbers before. Uh, it's not like anything specifically has happened with Wayne Gretzky or that card to encourage this. That you can, that, unless you know of something. So I think this is kind I know of a mine. sorry.
0: No, he makes wine.
1: Yeah. So it's like you know it's 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 a natural progression in some ways uh, because there's no reason why that card would kind of drop off in value but at the same time it is another symptom of what we've been experiencing and there's been some other big sales as well is that right
0: yeah we uh, we also had the honest one of one um, I believe it it's it's a uh, well it is a prism um, ironically enough so that that card sold for 1.1 if I'm not mistaken I think it was 95 Fifty US after closing or after closing costs, There's and uh, yeah, which just basically means that uh, after the seller, the auction house takes their their premium, then uh, they, they they give the rest to the buyer. Um, ironically enough, there was also a one of one auto up for auction at the same time, and that only garnered three hundred thousand. So I found that pretty interesting, actually. Now were those both rookie cards? They were both rookie cards, to my knowledge. They were both BGS 9.5s, and uh, the auto just didn't make the cut. And and the auto
1: was a one-of-one. One.
0: It was a one-of-one one as well. It was a black one-of-one. One. It wasn't the super, fra- super Fractor. It was a black one-of-one. One. Uh, yeah, I'd
1: certainly be curious to take a look at why, why that is. Um, but obviously, one-of-one one rookie card is such a prominent player, again, these are the values that are being achieved. This is where the market is headed. Um, you have to wonder, do you wanna be a buyer or a seller with these high-end auctions right now? There is a reason why these cards are coming to auction houses right now, like Heritage and Golden. These people are bringing these, these items forward now. There are people who have been collecting Jordan and Gretzky rookie cards for a while now, who perhaps have been waiting for this moment. Yeah, um, And I think a lot of things aligned including the lockdown, including this burst in the hobby, where it could be advantageous. Uh, Is it going to continue escalating? That's the big question. Is it going to affect the hockey market overall? So the escalation, we we, we don't know where it's going to go from there, but I have to think it will affect the market overall. The basketball market is feeding its way to these big sales that you're seeing. The big sale in the hockey market could feed itself you know, feed its way to bolstering the market in general. It's something that I have been waiting for.
0: I think it will. Honestly, I think what it's going to do is, I mean, I already have uh, people who don't normally collect hockey cards, but they know I like hockey and they know I like cards. And I've had several people reach out to me with the article with like, and I mean, at this point, there's many articles about the Gretzky sure. sell or sale. But they're, they're sending it to me and they're like, wow, I can't believe it sold for 1.3. And then I have that same conversation with these people telling me they're like, oh, I used to own one or, yep. you know, I used to collect or like, just like now there's a conversation about the value of these cards, right? So there is an awareness or in it for, like before who might be like, let me dig up some old stuff. Uh, you also have people who are like, wow, if you can make this much money, you know, like selling cards, then I'm going to try to get in again. I mean, like essentially what happened with me. And, um, and then you have people who are just waiting for sports to come back because that's the one thing that is tying them to life pre COVID. And uh, that is pretty impactful as well. So I do 100%. I think that the value of Connors are going to go up. I think the value of, um, Sydney's and Ovechkin's have already gone up. I've seen it. And uh, we've seen McKinnon bumps. So I think it's only a matter of time before, you know, cards in general, specifically, like we haven't seen it yet in the hockey, but like, I think it's coming, especially when this hockey season rolls around, you have division rivals who are you know shoved down each other's throats because you're only playing games against like let's say Canadian teams or the California teams are only playing basically California teams right like it's it's going to renew a lot of rivalries I think it's going to renew a lot of online banter Mm -hmm. which in turn is going to make the love for you know said teams even deeper and I think once that happens then You're going to want that piece of uh, that piece of history and that's just kind of how i feel about the cards in general but
1: yeah and everything you're saying there is kind of lending itself to this concept that there's going to be even more collectors coming in correct and again i'm just using collectors as a tent term for people regardless of what their intention is because at the end of the day you have to collect at some point right you're going to have a stack Uh, it may not be in the most traditional sense i have cards displayed uh, in my surroundings, like a lot of collectors do. But whether you're a collector, a flipper, an investor, whatever it is you want to call yourself, you're accumulating these cards, you're collecting them. Yep. And it is becoming more and more mainstream. I certainly got all those texts when I got up the next day. I had people showing me pictures of their Gretzky's that they dug out of their closets. Uh, I'm sad to report they don't want to sell them. Uh, you know, people were kind of like, is this, is this the million dollar card? I have the million dollar card in my closet, man. And uh, you know, then a, a a brief discussion would ensue, but yeah, I mean, everywhere you saw this, uh, everything was preceded by the the the, the comment Wayne Gretzky still breaking records, and then they they mentioned the card, and you saw it on global news, you saw it on all the different news channels, and in the papers and the magazines, and it is bringing a very high level of mainstream attention. You got to think that uh, there's two things going on. Number one, people are being reminded potentially of the fun they had collecting cards back in the day. I'll tell you, Brendan, it's, it's an old man story, but you know, heading to the convenience store, uh, my first pack ever, 1987, 88 OPC, that classic design with the hockey stick, Luke Robotai rookie cards. Um, so many great rookie cards in that set, actually, that I, I'm going to do a disservice to it, but my favorites were Mike Vernon Luke Robitaille uh, Adam Oates later on when he blew up with, with Brett Hall, but you know, you'd go to the convenience store, you'd get those packs for, I don't know what it was, a quarter, 50 cents. And it, it, it's incredibly nostalgic, incredible memories. And a lot of people stuck with the sport, perhaps, as they developed their careers and got older. But now they're being reminded of the cards. Now, the second, you know, the second route that people are being reminded of is, is making money. And they are going to get into this to try to jump in on that. So I mentioned to you that Instagram account uh the gentleman's name i i literally thought i i wrote it down brendan
0: yeah i think so i, I it was I did,
1: didn't didn't you see me write it was somewhere
0: there whoo
1: my goodness there's a gentleman on instagram i swear I, I thought i wrote it down
0: Screw it let's paraphrase
1: i might actually find it on my screen here um but he had he mentioned uh he'd mentioned uh the, the Michael Jordan graded rookie card sales. It's terrible that I did not write this guy's name down.
0: While you're it's looking cool. for that real quick, you want to know who the most random person who owns a Gretzky rookie card is? Who's that? Kevin, Scott Gomez. Kevin Watson. Oh, yeah? <laughs> he owns three of them. <laughs> you know who I would think?
1: Uh, I would think Ryan Reynolds.
0: Yeah, well. nah, yeah, I could see that. As well. And the um, second thing I was going to point out while you're looking that up is, uh, do you know I have I have a box of uh, 1990 Bowman hockey cards? Um, terrible. Completely unopened. Completely unopened. They're waxed.
1: It's a great looking box. I know what it looks like. It's blue with the, the hockey stick.
0: Blue, blue with the hockey stick. Still got yep. the, the, the gum That's... in it and
1: everything. <laughs> I'm so sorry to P. Ryan. And uh, I'm so sorry, I don't know his name. I'm so sorry, I can't have a beer with him. Uh, P, the, the P. Ryan collection there you go. on Instagram, uh, this gentleman had posted a video. Um, some might call it a humble brag, but I got his intention from his passion in the video. I, I highly recommend you check it out if you haven't yet. It caused quite a bit of discussion online. He was basically raging against the sports card investors. And you see this as kind of a daily activity on Instagram these days. Yep. Uh, and I agree, I'm all in on it as well. Um, basically saying, how, how dare you guys go out there and represent as being, uh, you know, the compass of the hobby, trying to lead people to the promised land and making money when he went out, put some money into Michael Jordan rookie cards and made $80,000, right? So that there's a, there's a bunch of stuff going on there. Number one, that's very appealing to the average person these days at a time when the economy is so uncertain, people need extra cash. And that is very appealing, this concept that any average Joe can flip and make money like that. Now, listen, if we all had that kind of capital to start with, you know, it's it's, it's like I've said to some people, if, if you had the capital to start with, this market is ripe for making very quick, very
0: large amounts of money. You just buy PSA 10s in like three players and you're golden. Yeah. Not yep.
1: rocket science at yep. this point yep. to pick up. You know, I actually give a degree of credit to people who have always had this foresight. And I give a degree of credit to people who are picking up Luka Doncic rookies before the season.
0: And there were like 150 150- I give a
1: little bit of credit there, even though we all knew he was going to be great.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but at this point, investing in the biggest names is not rocket science. No. And if you have the capital, I would tell someone, if you, if you had that kind of money, don't, don't spread that out over prospecting in the NBA. Screw it. Buy a Michael Jordan card.
0: Yeah. Buy a Larry Bird card. Buy someone you know is gonna is gonna uphold value. The pops are extremely low, and right. like there's all, they don't they can't make more of them. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like a lot of these print runs, they just let the printers run, as you've said like nine hundred times, right? So buy yeah. something you know is is going to uphold its value theoretically yeah. best,
1: right? A lot of experienced collectors are making this really complicated in their mind, which is not to say they shouldn't. Yeah. There, I, uh, for me, it really started in 2015 as, as I was accumulating my Connors. I'm just like, you know, there are a lot of these to go around. There, there really are. There's never an issue of scarcity with the 2015-16 Upper Deck Young Guns Connor McDavid card. However, something I always remind my friends when they start to kind of not not panic, but, but worry about the situation is that there are enough desks across Canada and America that want a Connor McDavid slab on it. Yeah there are enough offices there are enough living rooms there are enough closets there are enough safety deposit boxes I, I believe that
0: yeah
1: um, will there be a reckoning at some point with all these prison based cards with all these base young guns cards potentially but the market right now is telling us we're 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 at we're at a point where there there is still demand okay and supply and demand is ultimately the thing to keep your eye on and, uh, I think there was, a, again, going on Instagram and reading, reading stories, the right stories from the right people, which takes a little bit of research. Which just takes a little bit of getting to getting to it. And you learn a lot. Um, there, there is that Mike Trout, uh, the, the, the Trout update rookie card has seen a bit of a downward trend, whereas cards with much lower populations, someone had mentioned the Albert Pujols rookie card. Yeah see that up creep because again it it gets to that point where it all takes is one quote-unquote influencer or or an account to say look yo why are we not paying as much attention to albert Pujols?" okay so a
0: guy who's uh, arguably like like top 10 hitters yep. of the time. and and by the way still hasn't even hit the hall of fame so once he does like that's getting yeah. through the roof plenty of upward movement and uh everyone hops
1: on and looks for it and there's just not that many to be found yep So you know what a strategy is is to simply sell the one that you, that is abundant to purchase the one that isn't as abundant. That's, that's a great strategy in general. I
0: love that, man. I love that.
1: Right. And you know, you can make it a very philosophical quote and you could tweet it and, and you'll do great. But anyway, (laughs) but so the idea is, uh, these new collectors are coming in, new investors are coming in. Um, if you're sitting there in the hobby and you are like, like us, both collectors and investors, it's advantageous. Um, there's going to be experienced collectors making money off of new collectors. There are 100%. There are retail stores out there, um, that are taking advantage of the situation, um, upping their prices because someone brand new to the hobby doesn't really know what they should be paying for a variety of things, singles, wax, etc. They just have money and want to spend it. And, um, so yeah, there, there'll be a lot of that discussion around, um, who is who is ethically taking advantage of the situation, who's unethically taking advantage of the situations, how new collectors can learn, not necessarily without having to spend money. That's the big argument and discussion when it comes to Sport Card Investor or uh, our man Jeff on YouTube, or any of these guys that are charging for information. And I always remind people these people that charge for information are, are new to the hobby. They're new to the hobby. They may have collected a few cards when they were younger. Yeah, That doesn't make them a veteran of the hobby. You need to find veterans, and you need to get the veteran voice and uh, not necessarily shell out money to people who have uh, not the best intentions in mind. Um, but yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, like I said, with the, going back to the Gretzky, uh, it will absolutely drive the market up, I believe. I've been waiting for this to happen. And with that, Brendan, let's get into... Uh, our next segment here where we're going to kind of break down some of the sports as they stand Love by it. no means. Are we experts in nope.
0: each individual sport? I've been um, wrong so many times. It's not even funny.
1: And that's fine. Right. But it's, it's, it's a discussion. And, it exactly and, uh, and it's just perspective and viewpoints. And I just want to start with hockey, obviously, because of the Gretzky sale and because uh, we have the most amount of time at this point to both prospect and invest when it comes to hockey. yeah, uh, Because we're looking at a start date uh, in, uh, is it uh, January or? Uh, yeah, yeah, apparently uh, January, either 13th or 15th,
0: don't quote So we actually
1: have more time with baseball. Yeah. I stand corrected. Yeah. Um, we're actually limited on time with hockey, uh, but it doesn't get a lot of play in terms of when you're looking around,
0: it's not you're, not, you're not
1: hearing yet. a lot about that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, the reorganization of the divisions and that sort of thing. So again, I'm gonna throw this out there without becoming a sports podcast where we break down every element.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: pay attention to that. Pay attention to where the team you have your eye on or the players that you have your eye on, where have they been reorganized here and does it work to their benefit? Yeah. Uh, hint, hint, there there are some major benefits to that Canadian reshuffle, in my opinion, for certain teams and uh, they're going to be much more difficult uh, divisions, right? So I think the
0: central. I think the central is going to put people to sleep, man. I think uh, like St. Louis, Chicago is kind of on the decline. Minnesota. I personally
1: think St. Louis is gonna is going to have a great time. No, I
0: know, but I'm just saying that division is is just. I don't. Sure, in
1: terms of exciting play or or,
0: watching the central division, and I could be very wrong. I could be very wrong. Yeah, you
1: want to see tight races, you want to see that, but um, like I said. There's going to be some advantages for some teams because of this reorganization
0: yeah
1: um we're a podcast primarily about cards and obviously health and fitness we'll touch on that later on cards um here's the thing with hockey cards once we get outside the young guns base which is essential it's essential to the hobby in the community because you want it to be accessible and you want a baseline but once you go beyond that what do we have we have sp authentic future watch against again upper deck is the license for hockey and they like to make limited product beyond the base products that you see, OPG, MVP, Upper Deck Series 1 and 2. So we go into SP Authentic. the rookie cards are autographed and numbered. Even the non-autographed cards are numbered. Serial numbering is great. Serial numbering tells you exactly what the scarcity is of these cards and how many are available, right? Then we have the cup, then we have Premier, then we have ICE. These are all serially numbered cards. It's a very unique situation where it's a sport where all of these in-demand rookie cards are serially numbered and very limited, right? Think of all the different basketball and baseball product that's out there. Doesn't have numbering pops, prints, quite a bit of it. So in the hockey market, if you're looking at a player's best stuff, you are at war with a bunch of other people that want to collect the 999. That is all autographed future watch cards. The 99 or 249 Upper Deck Cup rookie patch autographs, and this is something I've always noticed about the sport: is we have that advantage of the scarcity and uh, the limited supply, but we we've always been working from behind in terms of the sport's popularity, the fact that it centers mostly in Canada. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of opportunity here for big rises in price of these serial numbered cards of the key players in the league. I like that. Okay, guys like guys like Jazeidel, guys like um, uh, Patrick Laine, Austin Matthews, I think they're due for big bumps with those limited cards. And of course you've got the parallel cards of the young guns that are, they're extremely limited and numbered as well. Yeah. And in my opinion, that's ripe for uh, seeing price increases across the board when people realize, okay, I want to start buying into hockey. The Gretzky sold for so much money. I want to start collecting my favorite players, man. Once I get past the young guns, mm-hmm. I can't just pop onto eBay and rest assured that I'm going to find these cup and future watch rookie cards, not plentifully available. And that's a unique situation in hockey that I think people should be aware of. Yeah. Um, And so in my mind, uh, I like to go after the SP authentic future watch autograph cards. They're always beautiful. There's always a very nice clean white design with the autographs. Uh, RPAs are great. Although they, they can get pricey. They are very unique cards. Depending on the patch, depending on sometimes certain issues of condition, you you may be paying very large premiums. Yeah,
0: for
1: those cards, right? Um, th- that's my main word on on uh, what to kind of look for uh, in the hockey market. Without getting into prospecting or anything like that, you got anything to say when it comes to the prospecting end of things or players that you think aren't getting their due?
0: Uh, I honestly. I I hope that there's a world where uh, defensemen start getting a little bit more respect. Um, I know that they don't put up as many points, but uh, let me tell you something. You can't win a cup without, at the very least, three solid defensemen. And the number one Ds often are are getting close to a point a game, and I don't know why they don't get the respect they deserve. I am someone who has always really appreciated defense. I've always dug in, into defense for my fantasy teams. That's always been like a strong suit of mine. So maybe I'm a little bit biased in saying this, but I do love collecting quality defensemen, uh, young guns, patches, and they just tend to be relatively inexpensive for the most part. I mean, aside from obviously the cup auto uh, RPAs, which are like the upper um, tiers in terms of uh, what you could buy. But uh, yeah, man, I just, I really hope that uh, they start getting a little bit more love because God, I love defensemen, man. And uh, like I said, you can't win a cup without them. So yeah, well, we had a very unique
1: situation in 2019-20 where the product was driven by defensemen. And that's very rare that you see that. Yep. Kelly McCarr and, and Quinn Hughes definitely drove the product. Heiskanen and, was there too. What's that? Heiskanen was there too. There, uh, so Miro Heiskanen was uh, 18-19. Was he? Yep. And, you Thanks, man. Uh, and, and you've got, you know, and then, you know, Rasmus Dallin. Um, So you, yeah, you kind of have a Renaissance in the interest for defensemen. And we're talking about a sport that has this tradition and this heritage, Bobby Orr. Right. So, um, but I've had enough collectors tell me uh, that the same way a baseball collector will shy off a pitcher, a specialty position, you may shy off investing in goaltenders and defensemen. Uh, and I, kind of have operated that way. Now, everybody knows my favorite player on the face of the planet when it comes to hockey right now is Jordan Bennington. I have a huge Bennington collection. Again, that's not really about investing, although it certainly initially paid off for me when the, when the blues won their cup with that great run, but I mostly collect him. I, it's not really an issue of value. And I do believe in him and I think he's going to have an awesome year coming up, by the way. Uh, He's going to have to realize that he's going to have to work hard to uh, maintain that starting position. Um, but yeah, there's that kind of traditional idea. Defenseman goaltending might not be the best of us. So that, that'll be interesting to see. Obviously, you know, forwards are more flashy, bigger numbers. But hey, man, if Kali McCar is putting up 90 to 100 points, this could change yeah. the game. Right. So and the last thing I wanted to throw in there with, with hockey is don't forget when you are doing your research and you are trying to figure out how to benefit from this hockey market, there is an account known as Hockey Illuminati on Instagram. Uh, which is just fantastic. It's just full of, first of all, a lot of humor. It's full of a lot of interesting facts and a perspective that very easily bleeds into the concept of researching for cards, because when you're talking to people that really know their stuff, when it comes to hockey and you're hearing these little, these, these, these kind of little, little facts and little observations that you might not catch um, just in the card world uh, that is something you can bring over to your excursions into ebay or any purchasing that you do That's so great. i highly recommend that check it out and uh from there i guess we can move on to uh let's let's uh uh let's see if you will be as long-winded or not as long-winded as me let's move into soccer since that had the big release yeah recently, man the tops chrome right
0: for sure so yeah tops chrome champions leagues that just got released uh literally big week. numbers i'm seeing big polls yeah i have been on it non-stop trying to figure out where all these cards uh lie in terms of pricing and uh what the best thing i can find is out of this set a lot of the heavy hitters have i've already seen be pulled which just means that uh they must have absolutely sold out and then some i know that uh, when they first released it Tops was selling boxes on the, off their website for a dollar or for a hundred dollars. My apologies. Bucks, I saw that.
1: I love seeing that sold out and just.
0: And they sold out in eight minutes if I'm not mistaken. So, which is pretty wild. Um, and now they are retailing for approximately 750. Woo. Um, and that's like straight out of the retail stores. I don't know how much they, you know, would have been. I assume presale was probably 250. So you have like retail stores selling them for three times and essentially seven and a half times what tops deemed they were worth, apparently, based on what they were selling off the website. So we talk a little bit there about uh, the increase in prices, like from retailers and et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yep. It's, that's a big, another thing in the hobby that's, you know, on the radar of a lot of people is just how expensive wax is right off the bat.
0: Yeah, which kind of blows, because I really was excited to uh, hopefully get one on my hands. Turns out I did pre-order a box just uh, of the wrong set. This set actually got... Pre-ordered the next year. This set got delayed. Ah. It has been delayed since March, and it's only releasing now in December. The next one apparently is set to come out in February, so I don't know now how... Now, are checklists available on that set? On the next one, not that I'm aware of. Now, no. what do you anticipate? Now,
1: the rookie class is good in this 1920 set. Is that right? It's
0: uh, so one of the cards. So the, the Holland's card is up for debate, as with every card in soccer, apparently, because there's no designation. There's no designation. There's no RC. It really comes down to whatever the ho- the hobby deems is like. This is going to be the staple card. Um, One of the things that's kind of interesting is the fact that it's like Ansu Fati, who happens to be like this prolific uh, Barcelona star who's 17 years old. It is undeniably his first uh, Chrome card. It's the first card that's been released that wasn't a Topps Now card or wasn't a like Spanish exclusive Mega Cracks, which is like this like very um, basic, like straight out of Spain so it's undoubtedly his rookie card. And many people are saying because it's already his rookie card, they might just group them into like, like the Holland set or the Holland card in there and be like, this is the set to buy for these rookies, Sure. Um, which is interesting. I found pretty interesting. Uh, I saw a Fatih refractor. I believe it was numbered out of 250. And the last I checked, there was two days left, and it was sitting at 22 US, 22,000, that is. Um, or sorry, 2200, 2200, 2200, 2200, my apologies. Whoa. I was going to say 22,000. 2200, okay. my apologies. But uh, so that just goes to show that it, it's, uh, these these are, their people are they're valued, they are valued. So for anyone who's saying that, you know, stockers is not quite there, or just not there in the States, I, uh, I got something to tell you, this set might just be... Put everyone on their ass because most of the cards I'm buying aren't even from the states right now. I'm gonna be real with you. I'm buying off of eBay and they're shipping me from Taiwan, Chile, France, Hungary. Like people are, in it. people are in it right now. And uh, and so your your strategy is
1: you're buying on eBay and you're also I believe you're entering some breaks, which is obviously yeah, so I a break. Kind of I strategy.
0: pulled up pretty damn cool card and uh, it was actually so cool that the breaker advertised it in his future breaks which is, you know, always makes me feel good. Sure. Um, (laughs) But yeah, uh, the thing is the breaks are expensive, right? Because the box is hella expensive. You get two packs of cards, eight cards, and it's approximately $90 US. So not everyone has that kind of money to throw around. Uh, I told myself it was going to be my Christmas present to myself. So especially because I couldn't get my hand on a box. So I was like, I need to, uh, you know, I need to crack this, even if it's through, you know, another person's computer.
1: So, so there you go. Sometimes we do get frustrated about the situation. We, I, I, ha, I know a lot of people have negative attitudes towards breaks and breakers, but at the end of the day, the reason why I stay calm on this is it is an opportunity to try to acquire some of these cards and not have to buy a uh, very expensive sealed product. So at the end of the day, Brendan, I think you may have caught me once or twice on Instagram making fun of soccer, and I apologize. No, Actually, I don't okay, apologize man. at all. says does- apologize for nothing. Well, but James has two, man. Don't worry. He, but, you know, just because, just because I like, you know, just because when someone says soccer, I envision a guy on the ground
0: rolling around, holding his knee. No big can, deal. You can blame Neymar for that because sure. uh, he's well, actually
1: my favorite soccer moment ever. At the bar was watching uh, uh, that gentleman from from France with with the, the headbutt, the Zidane yeah, headbutt. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's that's pretty much for me. That was the highlight of soccer for my entire life. Um, although I was, I was, for some reason, I, I, I was a big fan of Roberto Baggio and the Italia cup, nice. uh, very strange. I don't know. But anyways, um, I certainly don't have an Italian heritage, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, <laughs> that said, I respect soccer and I'm not buying it. The, all these memes, all the, all these people, you know, and just, just on the, again, on the topic of memes, we all love Lameem James. How about some love for Markleberry too? Yeah. On Instagram, Another gentleman who knows the value of making fun of soccer and soccer cards. That being said, I respect it, and I'm not on this train. Um, I think we should all have fun with it and continue to make fun of soccer. I think that's important for our health. Sure. But but you've said it, okay? This is a worldwide sport. It's legit. I'm absolutely um, 100% on board that train. I am not myself collecting. I, I don't go – into the lane that i'm not familiar with
0: and you shouldn't and that's and why get i get to that even more as, as we
1: go through these sports anyone who knows me anyone who knows you they gonna get an idea of the sports that we follow the most that we know the most about it's always a dangerous game here's the thing i'm going to loop back again to earlier in the podcast and this gentleman the p ryan collection this guy's so awesome because he is a collector and he's doing everything right okay he collects commodities that are not traditional we're talking about he's just if you go on his page for like a second you're seeing shoes you're seeing these bare brick uh figures you are seeing all sorts of autographed memorabilia you're seeing cards um he threw up video games that are now being uh collected and graded the same way coins comics and cards are and he's spreading this wide net on things that have instant appeal to people in his age range, I'm assuming his age range. I don't want to uh, guess the gentleman's age range, but um, it's my age range. It's it's people that grew up with this stuff, have a deep appreciation for it. And it's, 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 it's smart. It's intelligent investing that's enjoyable because I don't think there's that much inv- uh, enjoyable in terms of, okay, you have a stock. All right, great. I uh, mean, you, you see got, an increase
0: yeah. and that's great, but like you don't got your RSP, whatever in, it is. You're not involved in the day to day dealings of that company. You have no idea what's happening. In have the, the physical, the benefit of the physical yeah. article. Yeah. And in sports, it takes it up another level because you can grow attached to your players, to
1: your teams. We, we all are already. So, what a, what, a, what, a, what a benefit to me that I can cheer for Jordan Bennington and get the residual uh, advantage of, of my investment in him. Which again is breeding this close connection, and I can watch that uh, increase. So we have to stay in our lane, but at the same time, there's there's always a little bit of dabbling that comes with just being informed, right? So like I bought those Holland cards on tops mostly because of you. I won't lose my twenty dollars. Good call. But but I will blame you if I make hopefully more than twenty dollars. uh, so that said, I want to segue that into the next quote unquote, well, one is a sport and one is a quote unquote sport. MMA and professional wrestling. I'm only going to group them together. Okay. I'm, I am a deeply uh, involved fan of uh, mixed martial arts. I'm only grouping them in with pro wrestling in the sense that they are both considered kind of fringe oddball type of sport. Card, yeah. cardboard um, yeah. releases. And it's T.O.P.S. that has the exclusive benefit of releasing WWE cards and UFC cards. And you want to talk about international appeal? When I was growing up, we had Brett the Hitman Hart, who was a Canadian professional wrestler who was revered around the world. They were able to do tours in the Middle East because of his kind of, you know, his, his overall appeal. The UFC is the most diverse sport on the face of the planet. We have to get past the inherent problem that it's violent and that obviously strikes a chord with a lot of people. I'm sick of having these conversations to, to tell you the truth because I take it so personally, but it's the ultimate expression of athleticism and, it's, and it is performed by people around the world. Okay, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, um, there are elements of Russian combat sports. There's elements of tradition from Asia, uh, from, from Europe, from South America, and from North America. You see teams and training going on in Canada, America, Europe, everywhere.
0: Yeah. You,
1: you see a women's division and a men's division. When I say women's division, I don't mean WNBA. I don't mean you know a, a, a women's lacrosse league. I, I'm talking about eyes on a women's division, yeah. oftentimes main eventing, oftentimes being the, the match of the night. And not enough gets said about this, okay? The, the, the best fighter in the world, arguably right now, is a, a, is a homosexual woman. I, I can't believe I just said that so clinically. Is a, is, is, is a gay woman who holds two titles at the same time in two weight divisions. Has not been defeated in years and years and years. Just gets better and better with each performance. Brings out her her, I don't know if it's a fiance or a wife at this point uh is proud of who she is she's brazilian there's so much diversity going on in what what i just said yeah Uh, there's way more eyes on this sport and there are actually the ufc has run during the lockdown they they have never stopped running shows they they've been running shows at enclosed locations a couple in brazil then they have fight island and, and then they've also been uh running shows at the apex apex center in las vegas Um, It never stopped. I've already talked about how the prices are increasing. I think it's, it's something people should really be keeping their eye on, especially if they're already into UFC and the MMA, they should be keeping their eyes on the cards. Um, All, all, all across the board, there have been prices. We talked about the Habib Nurmagomedov sale, which was my sale actually. And we talk about um, uh, all all of, all of the, uh, the prices getting boosted as a result pro wrestling, same deal. It's popular, okay? You don't have to call it a sport. It is a performance. It, to me, it's scripted athleticism. I have a deep respect for it as well. I know a lot of people who are involved in it. And um, the the early Hulk Hogan cards, the early cards from the 80s and 90s are blowing up right now. There is the classic wrestling all-star sets from the early to mid 80s. They are blowing up, especially in high grades. There are magazines that, that are being pointed out. Again, you and I are not the foremost... Uh, experts here get on Instagram, find those accounts. Uh, there's an account. Uh, I believe it's pronounced Jan Morning, Z-H-A-N-M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. He talks a lot about professional wrestling cards. He's ahead of the curve in my opinion, when it comes to that sort of thing, think of some of the personalities involved, the rock Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, John Cena, there's a contingent of people who think the rock is going to be the president one day. If you do put your money where your mouth is, yeah. he's got football cards and he's got uh, so does Goldberg. Bill Goldberg has a football card as well. Um, those are cards in my opinion, people should be keeping an eye on. Yeah. Um, from there, we've got uh, two of the sports that are not in my lane. I can toss off a little bit to you if you don't mind, Brendan, but basketball and football, the only thing I can say as the average collector is it's very daunting. It's very intimidating. Uh, even if there is a player you have your eyes on, the prices are already so high. Yeah. I believe that is such a specific game at this point because of the high prices.
0: And that you're talking about basketball right now?
1: Primarily basketball, though football has always enjoyed high pricing as well when it comes yeah, to Yeah, the football.
0: thing about football though is like there's probably like like a god tier of football players and then there's like an extreme drop-off from everywhere else, like literally everywhere. That's what I, else I noticed, there. especially in football. That's what I mean. That's what I'm talking about. So like, there's not even like, there's very few even mid-tier guys. It's like either the card costs twenty bucks or like, let's say like PSA tens a hundred dollars, and then you have guys that are like eight thousand. And then there's really nothing in between. It's also I find very, very like, very volatile. i started like watching the market. Obviously, I just got into sports card collecting again, but I, I've been watching the, the football market based on um, like weeks of f- football games. And, for instance, Lamar Jackson's rookie card, apparently the PSA 10 was going for, like, $4,000. Like, uh, I think it was 14 months ago. And it's down to, I think, 850 So, like, you're talking – and this guy still has a chance of, you know, he's 23 years old, I think. He is explosive as hell. This is a COVID – it's a weird season where he's contracted COVID, like – And, and yet there's a literally his, his prices are cut by a fifth or into a fifth. And uh, I just, I've, to me personally, if you collect football, go for it. And uh, I really hope you got some of those big guys, but. um, It's just such a reactive market. It's, it's a terrifyingly reactive market. And it's on quarterbacks, like quarterbacks are where the money is. And basically anyone else is, I mean, they're like amazing players. And I, you know, I, I enjoy watching football, but. The the value just doesn't really match up to how I feel about those players or how others feel yeah. about those
1: players. And there's quite a crop of quarterbacks this year, which is driving the price uh, in the football market. But again, all you have to do is look back two, three years, and I, I think I can throw out some names here. I think I know enough about football where I can throw out a few names, starting with uh, with Wentz, where we're already seeing the risks of those big uh, investments in quarterbacks. Listen, Burrow. I like the guy. Um, uh, what's going to happen there? Is his, is his knee ever going to recover? That's I mean, a pretty right? bad like it's
0: like a torn torn ACL. Like I, it may... I think he
1: torn. I, I think I think he tore every uh, ligament. Really? Actually. Yeah, it was terrible. And,
0: I mean? uh, so it's like, how do you recover from that? And like, it's possible, but you know, the question is, what, what if it? doesn't? I get it, one hundred percent. But like, what happens if he gets hit again on that knee? Like, yep. you know, like the next scramble, the next. And that happens with every sport, but I just find it's more prominent when it comes to, you know, football players specifically quarterbacks who are under the most duress, uh, arguably the entire game, right? And those are like incredibly
1: incredibly high risk, high reward. And exactly, uh, you know, when we get into the investment element here, people that are new to the hobby may not necessarily have the best investment backgrounds, and they're going to find themselves in these situations where they show up, they start buying it up, and they're not going to know how to react. To a bump in the road, and that is something that actually has a reflection in investing in general. There's a great account. Uh, I'm surprised it's the first time I'm mentioning this on the podcast, but a good. I'm happy. I'm, I'm glad to say that he's a good friend of mine. Uh, Batnob cursive, and that's a reference to a very famous error baseball card that uh, maybe some of our listeners will know about. Batnob cursive talks a lot about the the uh, the investing concepts as they relate to. Uh, to the sports card market. And um, I think it pays to have a bit of knowledge in terms of how to react. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people do know how to react. So I think that's why we see these wild fluctuations yeah. in the realm of basketball. You, you see someone having a, a good game or a bad game in the preseason, or even in some sort of scrimmage. And there's a reaction. And that is, that's, that's not a good thing. That's that's to, to be that highly reactive means you're going to see giant swings and while there's an opportunity for you if you're quick on the draw and you don't have much else to do with your time you might be able to make a lot of money yeah. you might also lose a lot if you're playing that game i certainly don't like to play that game the opportunity to jump into the basketball market during this lockdown and the dangers of being bored can lead you that way um i've not done that so um So I guess, yeah, a lot of what you said about the football market can actually translate to the basketball market. But my understanding is it is an exciting time given the rookie crops and the players available. And that, to me, and I'm sorry that we're not having a huge conversation about basketball. This isn't the podcast for basketball. There's plenty out there uh, that people probably already know about. But that's going to segue me into baseball because there is a golden age going on right now. We can say we want to say I certainly say enough about how much I hate tops, but we can say we want to say about there being a lot of products, wondering about the print runs, particularly when it comes to base and flagship, it is a golden era of young, amazing talent, they will not all thrive, but my God, do you have choices. And in my mind, that begins most prominently in 2018, although you can argue, you can go back a little bit further. And obviously there's the, there, there are some other opportunities back there, Mookie Betts, Christian Yelich, et cetera. But once you hit 2018, it's absolutely unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Now is the time to collect baseball. Yep. Now is the time to invest. It is not as highly reactive a market. So it's a little safer in that sense. I've already gotten two years of market trends out of the 2018 rookie cards and that makes me comfortable in terms of how to react when something's going on whether it's player performance player injury etc so on and so forth okay um but 2018 Acuna Soto um Belly or Belly 2017 Belly's 2017 2019 you have Jimenez Alonzo Tatis 2020 you have uh, now you have a Reina joining a class that already had a bunch of exciting young prospects like Bichette, oh, yeah. Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Lewis, etc. It's a golden age. And for, you know, I'm just going to put it out there, spread it out and place your bets. And it's an exciting time. I'm a little bit more cautious when it comes to the guys that haven't stepped foot yet. Wander Franco, Julio Rodriguez, a lot of people are money in dominguez torkelson like you mentioned with the release of bowman draft
0: they got three of the four sir
1: and uh those in my mind are good to kind of stash away there's a big benefit to going hard on those if if it pays off um again a little bit high risk high reward but with these guys that already established my god um these these are going to be generation players there is a reason why people are so excited And you can get on eBay right now for around 150 to 200 USD. You can start hopping on PSA 10 gem mint cards of these players. And we already saw pre-lockdown what happens with a good performance. We saw Acuna's cards eclipse 300 USD. I'm talking about a base rookie PSA 10 tops update. We've seen it and we can go back to it and we can probably even beat that. Um, given the different scenarios going on with, with, uh, the continued lockdown, um, it's a fantastic market, in my opinion. That's a little safer, it's more fun to play with. You see Just what the bat down me. is going for these days. Bat down, uh, if we're talking raw, uh, no, I'm graded or PSA 10. Uh, PSA 10's got to be what 5k at this point, it's something like that, bro. It's crazy, absolutely. I looked up Again, the pop. that's a very limited card.
0: I looked up the pop, it's like 1400, I think
1: it's probably it's it's increasing as it goes because there's still product that is no i know i know uh, but but that is becoming a very uh it's becoming a very special card and it was shorter printed i know than for example the 2019 no number guerrero but that's a great card too man that's undervalued in my opinion as well vlad uh we'll see how it goes I, I like
0: it, man. I like it. I think he's got. I think he's got what it takes to bounce back and uh, show everyone that he was a number one overall prospect for years. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not. Years. I'm not paying too much.
1: I'm not paying too much. Um, you know, mind to the previous season. It was a weird season. These guys were in weird situations. We have to consider their, you know, their family lives, their health, uh, the, the thoughts in their head
0: going they through. They didn't this. know where they were going to play up until like two weeks yeah. before the season started, man. So, you know, that that's that's even more exciting, and, and it
1: it affords more opportunity. A guy like Pete Alonso, who yeah. had a rough time last year, um, not forgetting that he hit a lot of home runs the previous year, and we'll Gleyber? see how he operates in a regular season. What about Glaber? Same thing. You know what I mean? Like Oh, I love Glaber, man. Absolutely. And he, had, he had bumps as well. And then we'll see if these big numbers, like, you know, whether Luke Voigt uh, performs, mind you, he may not be able to get uh, the amount of playing time.
0: Yeah. But,
1: uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that will be, that'll be interesting to see. I think baseball is very exciting in that sense. Uh, This is a blast. I love talking shop. You know that? Absolutely. And and again, we want, uh, we want people uh, tossing us on while they organize, while they get their PSA submissions ready. And speaking of PSA, just another note to, uh, to uh, the community, Um, keep an eye on what you're doing. Look at your cards. Maybe invest in like an alt light or something. Um, there's a really funny video up on YouTube that Markle Berry, who I mentioned earlier, uh, has been poking fun at—a um, new investor kind of guy who uh, was not happy with his PSA submission.
0: Really? <laughs> and, eh? again, and I don't want to
1: pick on you, Brendan, because we'll see what happens with your yeah. first submission.
0: Okay? No,
1: I, yeah. I uh, I love you just the same either way, and I wish you luck.
0: Yeah,
1: but. This is your first submission, but the the, the benefit it's going to give you is you're going to learn from it.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: But again, like I tell people, you should know just about what you're about to receive when you ship it out. And I've always found that to be the case for me going on, you know, three decades of, of grading.
0: To Not be this. fair, you helped me submit it. So I yeah. And asking for I'm help an advantage, for, you know what I mean? Asking like, for a second opinion. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, for sure. Because there because was, was a still. few that I had no idea were like in meh shape, you know, where yep. you're like, I don't know if you should sub that, or like, let's try to get this surface, you know, gunk off, or whatever the case may be. So you definitely really helped me figure out what to look for, because sometimes and only I would say like four or five months ago did I even like learn how to look for surface scratches because before I would look at a card face on and I'd be like, oh my God, this card is like, it's beautiful. Absolutely. And all of a sudden you have like a light in the right in the right light and you turn it a certain way and you're like, fuck, that is a massive line. You know what I mean? Like- Yeah, yeah you gotta kind of be, uh, you
1: gotta, gotta be aware of all the different factors that go into it. Remember that cards are not supposed to be just gem mint right out of the pack or, or in any scenario, there's a reason why gem mint cards sell for what they do. Um, Let's segue into our PSA 10 gem mint health and fitness moment here, Brendan, which you and I have not discussed because we're so wrapped up in cards. You're so excited about your soccer. So excited excited. about baseball. Um, I think uh, one of the things that we can sort of touch on again. So we've talked about uh, posture and stretching. We've talked about, a little bit about programming we will continue to get more specific we promise uh, as the podcast evolves and develops um but let's talk about uh you're at home you're cracking wax what, are, what else are you doing you're making memes you're rapping you're organizing you are having fun with the hobby well what are you eating young man or woman uh, so obviously that's an important element in all of this. I've been eating horribly throughout the pandemic. I'm setting myself up for one of those like before and after moments that are coming like in 2021 20, for me, Brendan, yeah, yeah. which hopefully I'll just like, I'll post it on your website with your logo behind me and I'll be holding the newspaper because I have about 10, 15 pounds of fat that I can remove from my body and I can get myself back into the shape I was when I was working out regularly in a gym, when we were allowed to, you know, be self-responsible for our health before the leave government goes, what's that? You mean leave our house? Yeah. Yeah. You can actually like put your hands on a barbell. Um, I want to throw out some quick and easy nutritional concepts and recipes. How do you feel about that?
0: Yeah, that's uh, I'm definitely down for the concepts. The recipes off the top are going to be tricky, but. uh... There you go. And then you can like, and then you can put up
1: like a shot of how ripped you're looking and a shot of you eating your favorite cookie of the week, my friend.
0: Yeah, Yeah. 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 Sure
1: which is great. See, the difference between Brendan eating the cookies and me eating the cookies is I just eat the cookies. Brendan eats the cookies after about three to four hours of exercise.
0: Yeah. So probably not every day, to be honest, but it looks like it's every day and that's,
1: you know, well, of course it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's again, it's balanced. We talked about that previously. Exactly. Um, I tremendously recommend getting a simple crock pot. I know there's a lot of fancy Cookware out there these days. People are buying, uh, right? What do you think about the fact that everyone's buying fryers right now? It's an air fryer, sir. An air fryer, right now. Okay, like here's the thing. I have one. Okay, I know you do. Everyone's buying air fryers, okay, yeah. and that's fine. But just getting away from the word fry, let's just keep it a bit more simpler. And by the way, there's there's instant instant pots. I like fries. <laughs> and and again, you listen. You're you're already eating the cookies. You might as well have the fries. <laughs> A crock pot is a much is, in, in, in my opinion, is something everyone should have. You can cook it while you're on the go. Um, it's just a wonderful way to, to have something prepared. So I want to give something easy to people so that they can kind of, you know, have some have an easy go to. Here's my easy go to buy some chicken breast. OK, um, they don't recommend cooking in a crock pot from frozen. So if you freeze it, you can kind of dethaw. Yeah. Um, I love to throw a bunch of chicken breasts into the crock pot with some salsa and let that cook between four to eight hours um, depending on if you're doing high or low I tend to do high for four hours because I'm never away for that long but if you do have like something that you're running away from all day coming back it's going to be ready for you um, you have soft tender chicken breast uh, I, I I see people are always kind of frustrated with how to Uh, make a tasty chicken breast type of type of meal. So you can also toss potatoes in there. Brendan's a big fan of potatoes. You can toss vegetables in there if you want. Um, And there are all sorts of different cooking recipes that just entail tossing some chicken breast into the crock pot and, and, or a slow cooker, it's sometimes called, because the concept is that will get you going to the section that has fresh real food rather than other sections. And you can start to try to learn to appreciate that the crock pot makes the chicken very juicy um, and kind of flaky. And I, and everyone I've introduced that to has really enjoyed it as a result. Whereas before they're like, I'm cooking it. I'm putting it in the oven. It's so dry. I want to kill myself. So that's one great thing you can do. Cook up a bunch of lean ground beef. Okay. A bunch of it. And you can have it so many different ways back in the day when we used to prep for shows uh, we'd put it in some iceberg lettuce and you can make a little taco out of it with red pepper. Um, You can put other vegetables in there. Um, And again, just keep it, you know, pretty simple. Some Frank's red hot, you've created something very healthy there without any extraneous sugar sauces or anything like that. Um, So for a guy on the go, uh, who's a collector, Bunch of ground beef, like your Sunday could entail cooking up that crock pot chicken, cooking up a bunch of ground beef. Uh, I sometimes use ground turkey, but when I do ground turkey, I toss an egg in there and I'll make some patties. Nice. And uh, and you've got your protein ready to go because I like the simple concept of several meals throughout the day, each one containing protein. Like I mentioned, I like to start, uh, I like to start and finish the day with my healthy fats, and I like to place my carbs in and around my workouts. Love it. How about you,
0: Brandon? Any, any tips and tricks for yeah, yeah, meals? No, you do. I know you do a lot of meal planning. Yeah, man. So the first thing I was going to suggest is uh, one thing I like to do, and this is not only beneficial in terms of having less calories in your system, but also with respect to my stomach have, tends to be very, very sensitive. And that's ironic because I eat cookies, but it, the cookies I eat are, they're homemade. Like they are someone whole, like made those things from scratch. I don't eat Oreos. I don't eat like, we might as well
1: cookies. shout out Craig's cookies. Like,
0: I mean, straight up. <laughs> they're but taking like, over Toronto, man. Craig's
1: cookies is fantastic.
0: But like, man, I let's support I local, local businesses. anything right? that is in a package. And that's not because I have my nose up in the air or anything. I just, I don't like whatever it is they use to preserve those things. Just doesn't sit well in my stomach. So the best thing I can suggest first is the, the less ingredients something has, the better. So if you lead, if you go towards things that have less ingredients, 99 times out of 100, you will be successful, okay? No one got fat off eating apples and pears and bananas and all those things, right? Like, I mean, obviously, at some point, if you eat too many, then it becomes an issue. But like, if you lead towards things with one ingredient, or two ingredients or three ingredients, I'm telling you, your body is going to find a way to break that down because it, it is intelligent. It knows what it's is breaking down and it's going to be able to figure out, okay, well, like this is good for vitamins. This is good for this vitamin. This good. This fiber, whatever the case may be. So that's number one. Number two, and it's kind of in the same line as that is when I'm making my food, I try really hard not to, to use sauces. Um sauces are kind of calorically dense, but they also once again they don't really react well in my stomach. So instead, not say that I eat bland shit, um, I use a variety of spices and herbs. And so this can get pricey if you're not purchasing them at like the, the right places. So if you're gonna buy spices and herbs, look to go to not necessarily loblaws and like no disrespect to loblaws, but they are quite pricey there for a relatively small package they are i would look towards you know either getting a costco membership or i'm hearing that costco's delivering these days so having things like spices delivered to you via costco or even looking at uh, like the like having the uh, flip app where you're literally looking through for deals on these things so this way not only can you eat well but you're eating well at a at a reduced cost to a certain extent, more money for
1: top's chrome products.
0: Might as well, man. You don't want to be strapped. And then the last thing I'll say, real quick, is if you're looking at a plate, one way to kind of make sure that you are eating the right portions, typically I'll have my my meat or my yeah my meat portion or protein source will roughly be the size of my palm. And everyone's palm is different, so it's going to be different for everyone or a quarter of, yeah, or a quarter of my plate. I'll do a quarter of, and again, not everyone has to do this, but this is just a general, I'll do a quarter of the plate carbohydrate, and then I'll do half of the plate vegetable. And this way I feel satiated. There's a little bit of carbs in there. For those of you who you know don't wanna go full-blown like a meal without carbs, and you know roughly how much protein you need to intake And again, it's very approximate, but if you use this principle, it'll allow you to kind of get into a rhythm where you're thinking about these things and thinking about these things is gonna result in you being successful long-term.
1: Yeah, and guys, and like I've said repeatedly, and I'll continue to say, your tastes do change based on what you're doing as a human being. You're sitting around storing energy, okay? The body's gonna be much more receptive to fats and sugars. If you are sitting around being a machine, Working out the way I know you want to, okay. Working out strenuously, strength training, lifting weights, your body will start to adapt and it will create a different type of hunger. And that hunger will be directly correlated with better eating because because the sugar in your Kit Kat bars and your Doritos are not going to do much for the body in that situation. It's going to recognize that there's a new stressor in your life and it's going to react to that and it's going to guide you to the things that help. Uh, kind of better prepare you and better perform, so uh, that that's a real thing. It happens. It takes a little bit of time, but it does happen. And like you mentioned, it's all about spicing things up properly, not just going to the typical, you know, ketchup and things like that. Balsamic vinaigrette, uh, Frank's Red Hot should be in everyone's fridge and on their radar in terms of spicing things up, particularly I when it comes mustard, to You can put Frank's Red Hot on anything, right? What is what is the term? You can put that shit on anything, y'all. <laughs> And carry it in your purse if you carry a purse, right? So um, I think uh, I think that's our time today, Brendan. I, I want to toss it out there that I will be visiting. Perhaps we will be incorporating this. Uh, hopefully we will incorporate into the podcast. I will be visiting Hidden Gems, which is in Burlington. Shout and again, that's going to be part of our continuing effort to also kind of recognize and support local businesses. So that's why I really wanted to actually specifically shout out Craig's Cookies. It's Christmas time. Have some cookies, people. Yeah. Uh, crack. Your wax, eat some delicious cookies. The gimmick there is uh, they put different chocolate bars and candies in baked into the cookie, they which do. itself is a wonderful chocolate chip cookie. They Craig do. is a very nice guy. I met him. I love the guy. And uh, they're I believe they're going to start selling internationally now. So if you're listening to us from the states, Shout out to Craig. Order Craig's Cookies. It is tasty, <laughs> delicious. Back to hidden gems. I like these guys. I like what they're doing. Um, I'm going to check out their uh, their shop have a chat with them. I'm, I've already picked up some, uh, some vintage Gretzky, uh, graded stuff from them. And hopefully I'll crack something while I'm there. Oh. Cause why not? Yeah. It'll be a nice little road trip to save me from the looming, slowly creeping insanity. <laughs> so yeah, I, I feel like we did a good job shouting out a lot of people in our episode today.
0: I love it. I love it. I'm going to give it one more shout out before we go. I completely forgot to mention soccer cards, 310. They're the ones who hosted my break. If anyone's looking to get into a tops Chrome champions league, hit them up and uh, tell them coach go Co sent you and uh, he'll hook you up. So thank you guys for listening. As always, we love you guys. We love your support. You know, we want to hear even if we didn't do well,
1: so we'll be back next week for, some Christmas festivities. We'll have a Christmas episode. I love it. All right, team. I'll bleach my, my my beard will be
0: white. It probably will be white anyway in next week. I thought about it. I thought about it. All right, guys. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy. Coach Co out. Peace.